Prayer and Push-Ups Podcast, Healthy Living for the Mind, Body, and Soul. My name is Ben Tulugan. I am here as always with my co-host, Neil, the giant ginger Maxwell. Welcome to the gym. Uh, first things first, before we go anywhere else, happy Easter, everybody. Absolutely. Right, right now, technically, recording this, it's still Lent, but by the time you hear this, it will be Easter, and it's going to be time to party. So happy yeah. Easter. <clears throat> Sorry, we're having some technical difficulties. Uh, <laughs> we heard Neil before we started recording, and all of a sudden, he's gone. But anyway, we'll, Neil will be with us here shortly. I want to introduce our guest this week <laughs> sorry all, all i said hey! is i wanted to say the a word and now i want to say the other a word too the one we can't say till easter yeah mike um, was having none of that yeah no. neil's mic is censoring him um but our our guest this week i said last week we were just going to keep bringing you these quality catholic athletes and fitness personalities and we're we're doing it again this week this week we have with us uh, mr dakota lane dakota is an international online fitness and nutrition coach uh, you can find him at dakota lane fitness on facebook instagram you have a website too dakota yeah it's dakota lane fitness.com dakota lane fit so it's it's very complicated stuff to find him Yes. Um, he has some very big names in the Catholic world that he works with. Uh, this guy, if you, if you go find any of his stuff and you see some pictures, you'll see that he definitely has some concept of what he's talking about. Uh, <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's what I went and learned how to, I just learned how to yeah. Photoshop and got myself a six pack. But anyway, uh, Dakota, thank you so much for joining us. Of course really happy to be here it's been a while in the making and i uh appreciate the invite so uh as as we've done in the past we're just gonna throw some rapid fire questions at dakota to just get a get to know him a little bit better and some of the more oddball things that you may not think of asking somebody so just well this one would be a question my son would ask you just about every time and that is what is your favorite color uh, blue, blue. That makes sense because I think all of your decal, like <laughs> logos, everything are blue. So that is yeah. a great way to apply your favorite color. And do you happen to know the airspeed velocity of a swallow? I do not. I know that it is a lot faster than my airspeed velocity. <laughs> <laughs> that that is fair. <laughs> and what is your favorite fitness movie monitor? Or- montage in a movie for fitness yeah i don't know if these count but i mean the first thing that comes to mind which isn't really fair because you didn't really do a whole lot but i love captain america i mean i feel like i kind of have the same story as him so even though he went inside a chamber and got some chemicals like it's still one of my favorite but he still kind of has a little montage afterwards um but the other one i'm a big uh i'm a disney nerd like i love disney it's a big i don't know i just i've always loved it so mulan actually is probably one of my favorite uh, montages make a man out of you exactly yeah classic it is and they left it out of the live action which I know. just yeah, I know. ruined the whole thing <laughs> spoilers for me who hasn't 
seen it yet but so, yeah well now you <laughs> we, know it now i just saved you a whole lot of time because that montage isn't there and, and i thought you were gonna like you were like disney fan i was like wait there's mon- fitness montages in disney and i was like oh, hercules yeah <laughs> no you go mulan mulan i know <laughs> so cool. all right so, um favorite downtime or solo activity i mean the, i have to go cliche first off like even though it, it is my life, like working out is definitely still my favorite solo activity. Um, I do it, you know, funny enough, it, people, you know, I go on vacation and I post working out people are like, dude, it's vacation, take a break. And I'm like, I really love it. Like people go on vacation to read a book, drink a beer, like whatever. I'm like, I have more time. I just work out. But other than that, I love food. I love going out to eat by myself. I have no problem with that. So and then besides that, just a weird one off the wall. I love going to the zoo and I've done it many times by myself. I love animals. You and my son would get along very well. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, that's he's awesome. three, but yeah. you, no, I you mean, have... that's, that's pretty much me. Yeah. So I got to throw I got to throw a different question here for you. Then what is your favorite animal if you love going to the zoo so much? So, yeah, this is another like unexpected curveball, but my favorite animal always has been a mouse. Uh, growing up, like I collected like little mice figurines. Like I have tons of them. My family always got me like mice things, mice ornaments, mice cards. I've always loved them. So. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. That was kind of like my whole lifeline animal. Like now, like my favorite one to see at the zoo is a tiger for sure. Okay. Hands down. Okay. And you are, you are a newlywed. Yeah. Married. You said it's about three and a half months now. It's actually, I think it was, uh, yeah, I know this is like the classic husband, right? We got married November 14th. So we just passed our like month, Oh, you know, so December, January, February, March, four months. There it is. Four months. So what is your favorite thing to do with your wife? Oh man. I mean, we just, we laugh. show. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh so much together. Uh, we love traveling honestly we're pretty low-key people we're not like we don't have the biggest social lives i'm like a I'm pretty introverted person um so honestly if i had to pick like anything probably going to disneyland as you know there to, again the nerd factor like it's it's out there there you go <laughs> there you go so like okay so specifically disneyland not disney world yeah i do love disney world too but disneyland is definitely like has a much fonder place in my heart it was the only park that walt actually walked in um okay. i don't know any but depends on where you live in the united states but they'll tell you which park is better so yeah i don't know it's the one for me i'll take yeah. them both though i mean i've heard i've heard some stories of some people with like just like no crazy secrets about that place <clears throat> and like, oh yeah yeah there's tons of like there's a huge culture to it also people are like isn't that place for kids i'm like First of all, yes, and I am a kid. But second of all, there's a there's a big culture on it. It's like it's just the environment, the sights, sounds, smells, like. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. The, cool. the greatest place on earth, right? That's what they. The most magical. Yep. The most, most magical happiest, place on earth. Happiest that's place, it. right? Happiest yep. place. There you go. It's where okay. everyone goes after they win the Super Bowl. That's all I know. It is. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Neil. I was just going to ask the last one. So like yeah. when you're not hanging out with your uh, newly wife and training, do you train with the guys or do you other stuff with the guys? No, other stuff with the guys. Honestly, I get asked to work out with people a decent bit, but I've always just, I've always been kind of a lone wolf. I've always kind of liked working out solo, but 
if I'm with the guys, I'd much rather like play poker, go golfing, stuff like that. Um, cause especially if I'm working out with somebody because of my job, I feel like I have to be on, like, I feel like they're looking for something, unless it's somebody that I get, like I've been longtime friends with or another trainer or something. And we're kind of on that same, um, I mean, I, I love training people, but it's, it's one of those things you kind of feel like you're, you gotta be on. Yeah. I, I hear that. It takes away from your workout. If you're trying to work out and kind of feel like you're supposed to be training somebody. Yeah, training yeah exactly. Um, I'm, I'm actually very similar with ministry. I, I attend, I'm a parishioner at a different church than the one that I work at. Yeah. I've heard that many times. I want to be able to go to go and just be there and be present and be able to pray the mass without having to feel like someone's looking for something from me while yeah, I'm there. No, so and I'm a crazy I, I person. Just the opposite. <laughs> yeah. He, he likes to, he works, lives and breathes it. He's inundated. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the, it's, it's literally the church that my wife went to school from. Wow. We, her parents were married there. We were married there. Our kids have all been baptized there. So like, dang, and I work there. <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear, so you have the fitness company, but like what started your fitness journey? If this is like so much a part of your life then. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. Um, in growing up my whole life, I was always the smallest guy. Um, like when you go to the doctor, yeah. When you go to the doctor and they give you like the percentile and stuff, like I was always like in the tiniest percentile. Uh, they asked me like when I was younger, if I wanted to take like, um, growth hormone, because I was just like, I was just so small, um, in high, like I entered high school, my freshman year at 81 pounds and I was four eleven. I was like a hobbit, like literally just without the hairy feet. Um, <laughs> I was just going to ask, did you have the hairy feet? <laughs> so thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, I didn't break a hundred pounds to my junior year, um, so I was just always small. I was always athletic. I loved sports. I was always fast. I was always good at jumping. I'm very coordinated in that way. So I had always loved sports, but I never could quite excel in the same way because of the stature. So I did wrestle in high school, which was, a you know, because you wrestle for your weight class. So there's a little bit more um, evenness there, but there was you know, other the people school, in your weight class. Well, you wrestle by weight, right? But there was other yeah. people for you to <laughs> I wrestle. No, I, I had to wrestle up. Yeah, I know people, it was funny because like all the other wrestlers are like cutting, you know, doing the sweat bags, spitting, all this stuff. And I'm over here just like doing whatever I want because I'm like 12 pounds under the lowest weight class. <laughs> Were you wrestling kids in middle school or I mean, yeah, what I was know, literally I should have been. So oh my God. Yeah, no. I was, I was always just small, um, but I was really strong for my size. So we had a powerlifting coach actually at our school, at our high school. Um, coach Gertner, I'll never forget him. Anybody who went to the school, like at that time would know him, coach Gert. And, um, he saw me and he was like, Hey, you know, come try powerlifting. And I'm like, are you, dude, can you see, are you blind? Like I'm literally like four foot 11. I go up to your belly button and, um, he was like, no, nah, come try it. Just try it out. So I went and tried powerlifting. And, um, again, because it's for your weight class, um, you know, I, uh, I excelled in it. I was extremely strong pound for pound for my weight. I got to travel for it. I got to do um, a few national and world uh, competitions, um, got a bunch of records. It was awesome. And then after that, it just kind of like, whatever, just kind of went on with my life. And well, then, you know, I, I saw in high school, all these guys who were the jocks and the high school I went to out in Colorado was called Mullen. It was a Catholic high school. And at the time that I went there, it was just 
you know, athletic dominance. We want, we were in the highest class of football in the state. And when I was there, they won state three out of four years. Um, it was just an extremely dominant school. So, you know, I'd see all these jock guys, these big dudes who were, I thought were like the coolest guys. And I would notice like, it was so weird, you know, in the hallway, you're, you're in a circle talking to people. And, um, you know, I just noticed like if I would start talking and then if they would start talking, there was just naturally more attention given to them. People would laugh their jokes more. Like, I don't know. It was just like kind of this natural respect that they seemed to get because of their stature. And I was just always intrigued. So I like researched it one time and there's a lot of studies about it actually, you know, within sales, within performance, just a lot of things about your physical stature, your looks, things like that. Um, so after high school, actually, I went to college seminary at St. John Vianney in St. Paul, Minnesota at the university of St. Thomas. And when I got there, they had a brand new, like $60 million athletic facility was beautiful. Um, and we had a lot of extra time. I mean, we were very structured regimented, but we like, we prayed, we studied and had a lot of free time. Um, so I started, you know, I was like, I'm going to start going to the gym. And I didn't really think too much of it. I really didn't know what I was doing. You know, I'd see a guy that I thought looked awesome or had a muscle that I wanted. I'd go ask him, Hey, you know, how do you, how'd you develop this? I didn't know anything about food or anything. I just like worked out, you know, whatever I felt like. And I just kind of, it just started there. And I just kind of, I have always had this kind of tenacious desire just to be the best I can, no matter what it is I'm doing. Um, you know, I remember a story in youth group, we would have a breakfast burrito fundraiser. We'd make breakfast burritos. And so we, it was like, we'd all make them. There was a, you know, a, a line, somebody does the, you know, the egg, somebody does the salsa, cheese, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was like on the tortillas and it was like a system and I had it down. And like there was other people who did it. But I, even something like that, I'm like, I have to be the best tortilla maker here. Like, I will get the most tortillas warm in the quickest amount of time. Just stuff like that. I've always been very competitive, but not even with other people, just with myself also. And so I've, I just, like, found that little niche of, like, huh, this is something that's really challenging that you have to, like, you have to give honest hard work to. There's no other way around it. Like, you either put the time in or you don't. And so I started working out a lot there. Um, started growing a bit, put on some weight. And... After so, I was in seminary for two years. Discerned out and transferred to Franciscan University at Steubenville. And at Steubenville, they also had a you know a nice gym facility. I started really getting into the fitness scene more. I started studying it a ton on my own. Like I'd be in class. I was studying theology, but I'd be in class and just like looking up fitness stuff all the time. And it just really started to to grow on me. And there was a, this whole other kind of spiritual component that we'll get into. Um, that really kept me going. And I sort of unlocked something that just like, it just opened this world for me. Um, and I just loved it. I just kind of got addicted in, you know, in, in a good sense to it. And so at Franciscan, I started doing some personal training. They, they offered personal training at the, at the gym there. And so I kind of started doing that. That's when I kind of got, got into the formal training scene. Um, I started working with clients and seeing how awesome it was to see other people, you know, improving, progressing, learning what I had and, you know, teach them and implement it in their own lives. Um, and then after Franciscan, I came back to Denver and I went to the Augustine Institute uh, where I got my master's in leadership for the new evangelization. And at the same time, I was working in youth ministry. I was going to school and fitness just really started to, I don't know, it was just getting bigger and bigger. And I would be in the gym and I was getting bigger and people would ask me questions and people were asking me for advice in the gym. And 
Um, you know, people would ask me if I would com if I had competed or if I compete. I didn't even know if that was the time. Um, and so it just kind of took off from there. Um, and then I was, like I said, I was working as a youth minister, and that was kind of my plan. That's why I studied theology. That, that was kind of my trajectory. Um, and, you know, people started asking me more questions and asking for coaching. And so I started doing a little bit here and there um, on the side and helping people with nutrition as I was learning more and whatnot. And then it just kind of like took off. And before I knew it, it was taking up more of my time than, you know, anything else. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to go for this. And so it kind of took off from there. So that was like, you know, that's when my business launched and that's, you know, another topic, but for me, that's kind of my, my own finishing. So it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, very organic and I don't know, just kind of happened slowly over time. A couple follow-up questions. A couple follow-up questions. What federation did you lift in when you're in high school? It was in Wabdul. It was World Association of Bench and Deadlift. Okay. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of different ones. And then when I competed, I went to Child of California for it where they had like the worlds and whatnot. And there was a couple other different, um, I guess, yeah, federations, if you will. But yeah, at the time I didn't even really know because I was, I was a freshman in high school. And so I was just like, they were just like, pick up the weight. I'm like, cool, pick up the weight. So that's pretty much all I, I didn't know about. Like, I didn't really get into it enough to like really start to figure out all the different. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing you were raw, not equipped then. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, we had, um, for bench, we did wear a bench shirt. Okay. Um, and then for deadlift, yeah, we just wore like a, just kind of a regular singlet, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, no straps. Um, and yeah. Okay. So you just did. So, so do you know your total, do you remember your totals from back then? Like being um, like a hundred pounds soaking wet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally, I weighed in, like I said, like 81 pounds and I'm trying to remember, like, I know it's funny because like you tell people you're like my, my max, I think like I want to say it was around like 250, which is okay. like, like people are like, oh, I benched that 25 times. And I'm like, yeah, but it was three times my body weight, like yeah. lift three times your body weight. So that's why it was, that's why powerlifting is unique because obviously it's pound for pound. So, you know, guys would be like, oh, you know, I, I can, you know, I can clean that. I can, I can front squat that. But for me, it was like for my weight and whatnot, it was, mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't remember my bench, honestly. It was a while ago. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you're always like, you know, like, oh, okay, that's all well and good that you did that, but what's the Wilk score? Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Okay, so, so I just want to, I'm assuming at some point you did clear five foot. Yes, yeah, I'm about 5'8 now, yeah. Okay, woohoo! <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's also, it's weird because on social media, like even I find this happens with fitness people, you see guys who have a certain physique, and I don't know why, but social media just makes people look taller, and so, like, I'll meet some people who, like, will follow me, and they'll be like, oh, I thought you were taller. I'm like, I don't know if I should be insulted or if that's just, like, a matter of fact, but, yeah, 5'8". Well, I mean, I mean, if you take a picture out of con, like, it, like I, I think I, one of your, like, promo pics or whatever where you're pretty shredded and, like, it's, you know – set up in such a way that the focus is not about the context of your height. You know, there's no banana for scale. Right. Yeah, the internet exactly. likes to joke about <laughs> Ben, you're too old for that. You don't know about banana for scale. Apparently <laughs> yeah. on the, on the annals of the wow. internet, there's a joke about you include a banana in a picture to give it scale. Makes sense. 
just not even gonna touch that one at uh, all. Okay, all of my my wife, who's a Franny, uh, will yell at me if I don't ask you what household. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it was. It's a newer household. It's called the Guardians of the Divine Will. Okay. So it was. I don't remember when they were founded. Like it was. A, it was not that long before I got there, and I graduated in 2015. I was there from 13 to 15. So it was a few years before that. Okay. I I always love like hearing people talk about like the the different charisms of the households. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I hear I hear that guardians of the divine will. I was like, I didn't know anyone needed to protect his will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, isn't isn't it kind of sufficient? <laughs> Mm-hmm. for everybody no, I'm, sorry, I'm sure it was a great household yeah no it was awesome it was good it's a good time okay. uh-huh. ben, so next question. well the next question we have is what role if any has exercise played in your vocation your formation your faith like you've kind of gotten into that a little bit but i i love the idea that you went from youth ministry to training people you went from ha- trying to help people help form people spiritually for you know mm-hmm. doing that as your living to helping form people physically and doing yeah. that as your living yeah uh but have you have you seen that because of your background and because of uh your love for both have you had opportunities to do evangelization through this i mean your master's is in the new evangelization so have you have you had opportunities to do that through fitness yeah i mean this is really my bread and butter this is like really what fires me up is is the way that fitness for me really unlocks what i've kind of dubbed a theology of of discipline um that's kind of what i call it and it was really i really learned it in seminary um and it was just kind of you know i just kind of happened upon but basically in seminary when i started working out so at saint thomas you know it's a regular university the seminary is just kind of a dorm on the campus Mm-hmm. So we're, we're working out, we're going to school with regular students and whatnot. And well, St. Thomas, funny enough, is also ranked on some list for have like in the top 10 schools, for, like the most attractive women. And so funny, it, you know, the seminary is there. So guys would joke about, you know, like Our Lady of the Concrete, you know, springtime comes, you just like look down, and just keep walking. And uh, it was a joke. But, you know, in all, in all seriousness, I didn't I didn't like that. That's not virtue you know, in, in the truest sense, but what I really learned in the gym was that struggle, um, you know, in fitness, it's such a me mentality. It's everything about me. How can I best serve myself, look my best and in doing so basically use others. It's very sexualized. Um, it's very egocentric and, you know, I hated that part of it. Um, because for me, you know, my life is, my life is meant to be laid down. Um, and so I loved the sacrifice, the dedication, but what I didn't like was the egocentric part of it. And so what I realized through fitness was that, you know, the virtue that was able to be instilled through it, um, was just, you know, phenomenal. And so that's really where it took off for me. So obviously, you know, before the fall of man, you have, you know, the, the body was subordinate to the soul. So if the soul desired, you know, truth, beauty, and goodness, unity with God, the soul would have followed suit. Well, after the fall, obviously, you know, that, that's ruptured. Now our body rebels against our soul. You know, instead of eating one donut, we want to eat eight donuts. And we struggle with purity. We struggle with intemperance. We struggle with laziness, with gossip, whatever it may be, our body's constantly rebelling against that in us. Well, for me, fitness became 
the very thing that began to reorder that. As I began to, to learn how to practice my free will, as I began to force myself to work out when I didn't want to, you know, say no to certain foods when I wanted to eat them, it naturally disposed itself to the more important things. And it basically acted like a day-to-day training for my free will, which is really, you know, obviously meant for love. Our, our will is thus, it's for the ability to give ourselves out of love to choose the good. Um, and so for me, that's really where fitness came in to start to reorder that. Um, and the virtue that I learned. So when it comes to like vocationally, you know, no matter what your vocation is, your vocation is to love, you know, and it's just in different formats, but to lay your life down and fitness is like, for me, it's foundational. Um, and not just, I don't mean, you know, being an exercise junkie, you know, competing, building a crazy physique, like those are fine for some people, but even, but just, you know, paying attention to your health in the way it's supposed to be. We, we have a nature, nature, that being, you know, what makes us what we are. And there's things that are proper to what we are as human beings, just like there's things that are proper to a mouse or a dog. You know, you don't ask a cat to bark because you know that it's not part of catness. So, you know, it's interesting. You look in nature and you don't see as much of the brokenness in that way because they obviously don't have that free will. So, it's not like you see, uh, you know, an obese lion roaming the Serengeti, like can't get up because his stomach's dragging on the ground. Like you don't see, you know, um, obese field mice. So it's one of those things where in humans, we have to overcome that. We have to take dominion of, we have to make choices, decisions in order to combat that. Um, and so for me, that's where fitness and nutrition really began to play a huge role in my vocation of learning to lay myself down in the little ways, which disposed me to lay myself down in the big ways. But honestly, you know, I, I've always been more kind of on the fringe, if you will, like even within the Catholic sphere, I remember my first day of seminary, I walk into the dorm. Um, I have a snapback hat. I have a tank top. I have my longboard, and I have some big headphones around my neck. I walk in and one of the like RAs who's there for like orientation is like, Oh, Hey man, um, this is the Catholic seminary. I think, I think you're in the wrong dorm. And I was like, no, I like, I know I'm, I'm a seminarian, but just the way I looked, I've always kind of been that way, like kind of on the outskirts. And so, you know, like with the ears pierced and the way I dress and things like that. So, um, I've always, you know, been drawn to those people, even in youth ministry, I've always, you know, liked to go to those kids who are too cool. The kids with the really big problems, a lot of drama at their house, that kind of thing. And honestly, that's what I found in the gym. Um, it's a lot of, you know, rough around the edges type people, a lot of guys who just like, you know, are look good or whatever. And just like, you know, players playing a bunch of girls or girls who are looking for certain things or just people who are really broken. And a lot of what I found just talking with people was just the same thing that everybody else experiences, just brokenness in life and trying to put ourselves back together. Thankfully, you guys and I, you know, we, we know the medicine, you know, the answer, a lot of people don't know that. And so they're looking for different things. And you know, a lot of people go to money, go to sex, go to power. Well, a lot of people go to fitness and, you know, in some ways it's better than some of those other things. Um, but you know, it does save a lot of people. I have clients who have come to me who have, you know, been severe drug addicts and like fitness literally saved my life. Like without it, I would have gone down such a bad path, you know, suicide, drug addiction, those types of things. And so there is this natural 
discipline built into it that just disposes itself to make people think about more important things. And so, you know, guys in the gym, when it comes to your question about evangelization, that's what was so cool for me is that, you know, I don't have to use the buzzwords. I don't have to say the theology. People don't care about that. You know, I've always loved the quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And for me, you know, it, it was all about that. It was just these guys who were just normal dudes, these girls who just were trying to better themselves. And, you know, that that's just a natural desire for humans in general. So, and along with that, you know, just people started sharing their brokenness and just their, you know, the rawness of their life. And then within that, it was awesome because, you know, the cool thing about youth ministry is obviously what you're doing is awesome. But, you know, the kids still saw me as the Jesus guy. Like you're a youth minister, you're the Jesus guy. Well, in the gym, people don't see me that way. So if I bring up Jesus, it's not like, oh yeah, that's expected. You're the Jesus guy. They're like, wait, you're like this guy who, you know, is, is works out, looks a certain way. And, and now you're telling me about what with girls not to do what? And you're telling me about my dignity and what? And so that was cool because, you know, people would trust me in a way in the gym because of the way I looked and the way I trained. Um, and it just, it gave me a natural foundation of trust with them to then be able to just like talk to them. And it wasn't like I was in the gym, like, oh, I'm going to convert these people. To be honest, I don't mean to be, you know, rude to Catholic circles, but I got a lot of pushback from Catholic circles when I really started to get into the fitness. You know, people would message me almost like they had to save me, like, oh, he's gone off the deep end. Like, have you seen what Dakota's posting? And they didn't realize like people in the gym, they need Jesus too. And yeah, it doesn't mean you have to, live the same life necessarily, but, you know, looking the part, being the part, there's nothing wrong with that. And so it was interesting because honestly, some of the guys I talked to in the gym, like I almost appreciate it more than some of my, my really, you know, the, the really close knit Catholic people, because there was this, you know, there's just these assumptions that you have to be a certain way. I never fit that certain way. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, then, you know, you're kind of strange. You're studying theology, but you're still kind of strange in the gym. They're like, dude, I don't care. Like, I think it's awesome. Like, wow, you, you respect women or you do this, you pray like this and that, like, Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, it just, it just like opened up this whole world for me again, to bring it back of reordering my body to my soul. Um, and that's really the, you know, that's a spiritual life, whether it's prayer, what, whether it's your vocation, what you guys are doing, it's learning how to temper our free will in order to do the things that we no, we should, but also the things that are hard to do. Um, and Americans are not very good about that, about doing the things that are hard to do. And that's what I learned was like, you know, when you start to say no to pizza when you shouldn't have it, or when you're able to just limit it, you know, instead of having six donuts, you have two. That's where the virtue comes. It lies in the means, you know, people like to either go from one extreme to the other. So if I, if I can't be unhealthy, you know, then I'm just going to be super healthy. I'm not going to have any donuts. Well, no, that's not virtue either. Being able to have some, but moderate, now you're talking. And, you know, for me, that that was so cool to be able to unlock some of that because as I began to do that, it naturally disposed itself, you know, for a lot of other areas, especially, you know, for men, for women, but especially men, pornography is a huge thing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and learning how to control your appetites, control those desires in the natural realm, just naturally carries over to the supernatural so kind of a long answer kind of all over the place but um but that's really where it started to unlock for me 
Well, I think Dakota's pretty much just summed up the entire purpose behind this podcast. So thank you everybody for joining us. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you're repeating kind of a lot of conversations that we've had um, about like the, the intake, the will and, and discipline and its role. Um, but I'm interested in this, um, The one of the questions I think often posed to me uh, by certain people is when is enough enough mm-hmm. when it comes to health and fitness? Um, because for me, my enjoyment of of health this is not the aesthetics as much as it is performance when it comes mm-hmm. to like powerlifting. Essentially, sure. that's my my thing. Um, and there's a constant back and forth. There's there's going to be a big debate one of these days between Ben and myself about bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> we keep I'll promising. Be there for it. You <laughs> are welcome. You are welcome to come be a part. Uh, he's 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 pro. I'm con. Uh, uh, Not necessarily pro. I just don't condemn. Sure. <laughs> I don't. Well, okay. Well, if you get if you get to bring back a guest to like be on your side to help you debate it, I get to bring back a guest. I'm going to get Dave Van Vickle back here. This this will be fun. Like we'll it. do we'll do like a a family feud style. <laughs> but i that that being said i guess like um for you when you're talking about like the well-balanced well-lived life how how does that um what what do you see that as like how do you see as um what is optimal uh virtuous living physically look like actually right yeah i think it's gonna it's gonna be very individualized um because people's struggles are individualized but just a caveat at all, um, I work with a lot of priests, which is awesome. And I was just right before this, a priest had called me and, um, he was, yeah, he asked me, he's like, Hey, I got, you know, he's lost like 39 pounds or something. Looks great, but you know, not crazy, but he's like, Hey, I got some people who are like, you know, Hey father, you're looking kind of skinny. Like you're, you know, are you okay? You know, think it, and, and, you know, factually speaking, he still has a decent amount of body fat that he can lose and be very fine. And, you know, I was telling him that, again, this is kind of to copy your answer, but a lot of people, especially in America, because the majority of people live a certain way, they set the standard at a certain point and they take that as normal. And it's actually abnormal. <clears throat> it's not normal to be obese and overweight. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it, it, but it's not normal. It's not good for our health, but a lot of people, you know, see somebody who lives a certain healthy way and they say, wow, that's extreme. Well, no, it's not extreme. It's actually extreme to eat too much every single meal, every single day of the week. That is too extreme. Now, yes, there is another extreme to it where, you know, you could be too obsessed with it. And a lot of it's going to come down for me and not to cop out, but a lot of it's going to come down to intention. Um, when it comes to, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. Also, it is important though, the matter at hand, the object that we're speaking about, but a lot of what you're doing is the intention. But when it comes to your health, I, you know, it's funny that, you know, I told, I told father, I said, you know, a lot of this is people's, there's, there's a few things. A lot of it is people's own insecurities because when you start to change, it draws out insecurities. And instead of them saying, Whoa, father's doing this. I should change my own life. It's a lot easier to say, Whoa, father, what's going on with you? You know what? You, you kind of break from the mold and it kind of draws people back and they think, whoa, what's going on here? It's easier to tear somebody down than to lift yourself up. 
on top of that, the other part of it is that kind of, like I said, that normality um, where you're, you know, people have the standard and anything that deviates from that seems extreme. Well, well, what if the standard is actually the extreme and the normal is something different? So, you know, I told him um, that the, you know, when it comes to the vanity versus value that I kind of talk about, um, you know, it does, it's going to come down to your intention, but you know, if you talk to his doctor, his doctor's going to say, this is phenomenal. You know, this is extremely great for his health, but to other people, it's, it can be alarming. So, so yeah, it's, there, there is a balance there. When is too much, too much? Well, you know, it's tough to say, and, you know, I don't want to say, you know, God judges the heart per se. I think there it is good to put certain parameters, but I think too many people want to put too many parameters because it makes them uncomfortable. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is something I've wrestled with, you know, when it comes to bodybuilding, the, you know, morality of bodybuilding, getting up on a stage in board shorts, whatever it is, and having people judge you, you know, it's, I could see both sides to it. Now, obviously I'm obviously pro I've competed twice. Um, I like to compare it to other things though, you know, and this is where, you know, people want to make some distinctions, but let's take a, a, you know, a musician, a musician practices over and over and over and over and over. And if they have, let's say they have a perform, performance, um, you know, at a national stage or in front of the white house, and they're, you know, they're sacrificing family time. They're sacrificing X, Y, and Z because of this. You know, people wouldn't necessarily say, whoa, man, you're, you're kind of going overboard with your piano practicing. You might want to lay it back and come. It's like, well, I have a, I'm going to be performing. Like, this is my crap. This is my art. And so in a similar way, you know, it's not just the practice that's, um, you know, the, the masterpiece. It's the masterpiece itself, the performance. Same thing with artwork. Um yeah, it's cool to watch a painter, you know, do a few paintbrushes, but it's a lot cooler to see the actual finished piece. So in that way, you know, a painter might spend months and months, years and years on a painting and sacrifice X, Y, and Z. And then their painting is seen as beautiful and magnificent. Well, what's more beautiful and magnificent than the body that God created and breathed life into? Now there's a way to present it. I agree. And I think that's where you can, you can differ. Um, but you know, that question of, you know, why, why is it that that's asked more questions about than the other? Because, you know, this is what I told father. I said, it's okay for people to ask you, Hey father, you're looking a little uh, skinny. You might want to, well, what if you turned around and you saw somebody in the congregation who was gaining quite a bit of weight and you said, Hey, you're, you're gaining kind of quite a bit of weight. You're not looking very good. It would not be okay. So there's this really interesting thing that when people start to approach greatness, if you will, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, that I have posted before about this idea of vanity and value. Um, and again, I think, you know, take theology of the body, you know, you take a pornographic image, you have a, you know, a pornographic image, and then you have a beauty of nude art. You know, John Paul II saw a picture of nude art, And he wrote, you know, and he taught this extraordinarily beautiful thing about this body. Well, you can take a similar image, you know, and somebody like Hugh Hefner can take that. And now it can become pornographic. So, you know, the same body, but but expressed differently, you know, the expression is is important. The same body, but the expression is important. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a valid question. I don't know if there's a good black and white answer, 
Um, obviously, you know, I'm going to lean more towards the side of expression, if you will. I know that's, you know, kind of a buzzword nowadays, but, um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of start of my, my answer. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I like the, I like the take on it that there's an ignorance of like the obesity epidemic in America and the fact that, you know, everyone's living with low grade inflammation and all the other negative health, uh, health uh, effects of that. I was just listening to a different uh, podcast. And so I'm an expert on the matter. Um, <laughs> on, uh, a doctor talking about, you know, COVID and everything going on and basically saying that the first um, risk factor the, or the greatest, strongest risk factor was age, the second being obesity or BMI. Yep. And so, you know, for like, it was, you know, like adding years and years of age onto the other factor being obese. <laughs> was mm-hmm. um and so if you looked at you know telling health experts not only okay be sit like why aren't the health experts saying people to like lose weight live healthier lifestyle mm-hmm. you just know, eat healthier food what's that even just eat a healthier food eating eating healthier foods also could be beneficial as social distancing isolation and masks and all of other stuff like kind of thing mm-hmm. um but as you said, though, there's kind of a, it's kind of faux pas to tell people they should live healthier. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So, and I, I appreciate the idea that um, they, they are, everyone's always afraid of extremes, right? Like they don't, yeah. like, even if you look at some of the great saints, so St. Saint Francis of Assisi and like the extreme penances he did to avoid temptation <laughs> and to like master his, master himself, like everyone thinks is ridiculous, right like no one throws themselves into a thorn bush when they have a lustful thought sure yeah (laughs) um maybe more people should the porn industry wouldn't be as strong (laughs) oh my god um (laughs) but also but it's i guess my um, my because i think that it's the i think the my problem I guess my, I don't want to have the full conversation, but I think my problem with bodybuilding, mm-hmm. um, is that it is, um, com- I'd like it, there's some objective standards in bodybuilding, but mostly it's objectification, right? So like you have, like, you want to look for the V and you want to see striations and you want to have like, right. That, the, that different proportionality and different shapes and, um, and it leads to, and I, and I think it, like, I don't, I have a hard time seeing like the art argument or the, like the, the nude art versus pornography argument of it, that it's, that it isn't just um, vainglory in a certain sense. And I would say that like, though, I would probably say if bodybuilding was only in board shorts and it was that what's, what's the category you probably competed in? It's like uh, athlete. Men's physique. That, Men's physique. Right. Men's physique. I probably have the least problem with. Right. right. It's anything beyond that, right? Once the speedo comes on, and once you the steroids come in, yeah. Because, because, like, let's be honest here. Like, no, even like, in even in men's physique, yeah. Most, I mean, most any professional bodybuilder in the IFBB will, you know, pretty much be on enhancers. Yeah. So as I was say, is like the like I I would say like the ones that actually test and have controlled substances like, okay, there's a little bit more virtue in there and I can maybe caveat for that. Um, definitely no. And then the pro- my problem with the women's one is like, they literally like, it's the back spread, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. that's literally <laughs> like, tell me somehow argue with me that somehow that's good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. I see it. Um, 
I think that, you know, it's, it's a worthwhile conversation. I think there's definitely bigger fishes to fry that lead to that. Um, and it, okay, but you know, again, it's like, okay, yes, you could say, you know, these things are, you're not a fan of it or yada, 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 but, um, it's, it's easier to say that, um, and have a conversation than to say like, Oh, I disagree with heroin. Well, it's, it's really easy to say I disagree with heroin because it's pretty much standard when it comes to this though, you know, to, to say, you know, whether or not it's good or bad, you know, these, these people, well, first of all, they don't care about your opinion. No. It's more so our conversation, but that being said, um, the, the temperance of it, the expression of it, like, not saying they're ignorant of it, but, and that's, you know, but there is, I think there is still good to be seen in it, in, in the pursuit of it, maybe in the final form, it's not, but it, I mean, that's the same with a lot of, you know, um, a lot of bad habits, a lot of sins, whatever it may be. Uh, there's usually a good intention involved and no, you can't base it off the intention, but yeah, I mean, the women's division, yeah, I would say they're definitely a reasonable argument. Um, but when it comes to, you know, if I were to say that it's like sinful or immoral, I don't know. Then we'd have to, we'd have to get a little bit, split a little bit more hairs. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not at the point of saying that it is grave matter or right, you know, sinful right. matter in and of itself. Um, so it's, it's a complicated, rea- it's a complicated, rea- and I don't want to go yeah. too much down the road no, no, cool, today, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, I, I, um, it's, it's fun to, to talk with someone who's actually competed about this particular thing. Yeah. Um, so well, the, the other interesting thing about it, and again, I mean, the ends don't justify the means. I'm not saying the means are bad. I'm not conceding to that yet, but um, the amount of conversations that I have had in the fitness industry are exponentially, and I'm talking like good quality, if you want to call it um, evangelist, evangel- evangelization conversations, like the amount that I've had within the fitness industry because of my job is exponentially more than I've ever had in ministry. Um, and maybe it doesn't look the same, um, but it's so much more raw. It's so much more real. Um, you know, I'm, I've had a lot of great conversations in ministry and I love the time that I had and I, you know, I'm still doing that in some regards. Um, but there's so much good there and there's so much that's needed there. Um, and, you know, it is, so that's where it, for me, it was like, just because nobody else was doing this as a Catholic, I was like, well, why not me? Why not be the, you know, why not be the first person? And there's other people who have, um, I just didn't know about them at the time. Um, but there is so much there that's needed to bring a light into a world. If you want to call it of darkness, uh, man, I've met some of the most amazing people who have no idea who Jesus is other than somebody that their grandma might believe in. They don't, care one hoots about, you know, morals or this and that, but some of the most genuinely good people, uh, who, who have huge hearts of love. I mean, I'm talking true sacrificial love. That's not just, Oh, you know, I'm a good person. Like, no, I'm talking real, um, you know, hard to not think that it could be caritas. Like, and so there's a lot that's of, of good that's there. And that's where my problem is, is that so many people, you know, they, they want to throw the baby out with the bathwater in this regard when it comes to fitness, because, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how you can have both and at the same time with this tension. Um, and I'm not saying that's you, but I've, I've experienced it in other ways. 
and yeah, there could be some ways that I'm still being formed in that. And I'll, you know, I'll admit to that, but I think there's just so much goodness to it. Um, and the bodybuilding aside, the pursuit of it, when you say, you know, how much is too much? I remember when I first got into it, my mom at one point looked over at me, I was shoveling down like a tub of chicken, of uh, ground turkey and rice, like a bucket. She was like, you're, you're kind of extreme. Like you're kind of addicted to this. And I was like, Hey, better this than cocaine. And, um, you know, true, but you still want to find the moderation to it. Um, and so for me, it's like anything, like I said, you know, somebody studying for the bar exam, it's going to be pretty extreme compared to a high school kid studying for a math exam. So there's differences depending on what your outcome is. But for me, the, the beauty of it is within that journey. Um, and man, I've had, I could just read off so many messages from clients, people who have literally been on the brink of suicide, people who just absolutely hated themselves, look in the mirror and cry every single day. Um, people with severe drug addictions that have, you know, found a lot of liberation through human discipline. And then it's within that discipline that these other things can come about. And so, you know, I told my priests that I work with, or you, you know, kind of you guys too, it's like, Priests work with people's souls primarily. And, you know, along the way, a lot of body stuff's going to come up, a lot of human formation stuff. You know, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I work with a lot of human formation, a lot of human stuff. And along the way, a lot of soul stuff comes up. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always the one to fight for the both and to fight for the, the fringe people. And so, yeah, there could be, you know, I think there's some boundaries that need to be set, but it's a good conversation to have. Yeah, no. And, it is uh, unfortunately, sorry to, to cut Neil off, but it's unfortunately a conversation we're going to have to have next week because we are <laughs> actually over time. We're, this is going really, really well, but we are going to have to close down for this episode. Uh, Dakota is going to stick around and record uh, part two with us. So tune in again next week. Dakota, uh, again, thank you for being here. Uh, his website, dakotalanefitness.com. You can find him on Facebook, find him on Instagram. Um, I know that because I follow him on both. So, <laughs> um, and Neil, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us uh, in our basement gyms, uh, working out and trying to get as fit as Dakota. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, um, at uh, Prayer and Pushups uh, and the Facebooks on Twitter and Instagram, as well as uh, Prayer and Pushups podcast at gmail.com and prayerandpushups.com org for our website all right everybody thank you so very much for being right, here thank this you week. guys a lot appreciate it <laughs> to everyone tune in again next week uh until then let's get out there let's live intentionally god bless everyone mm -hmm.